We've been talking for the last about month, maybe a little bit more. Um, If you've been coming, great. If you haven't, go back to our website and download the podcast if you're interested. We've been looking in the Old Testament in Deuteronomy about uh, enemies that the children of Israel faced when they were delivered from slavery, when they were delivered from Pharaoh and from Egypt, walked through the water on dry ground, stayed in the desert for 40 years, then finally went into their promised land to find enemies there that needed to be conquered. And God says, I have given these enemies to you. You're supposed to go and conquer and kill them all um, and possess the land. Go and possess the land that the Lord has given us. That's our job to go and possess the land. You would think that when we are delivered and we are ready to, we've gotten delivered from our slavery or from our bondage that there would be no enemies in front of us. But what's so amazing is the second you get delivered, how many of you know you face challenges? Those enemies want to come grab you right back. In fact, if you remember from the story in in the uh, book of uh, Exodus, Pharaoh was right on their tails trying to go get them back. So here it is, we get delivered, and I don't know if you've ever been delivered from um, an addiction or depression or pornography or your language or anger or fear, how easily it is to get sucked back into it. It's so easy. And we see that as the children of Israel were delivered, it said that here are these enemies, and they were all these ites. If you remember them, the Hittite, the Gergesite, the Amorite, the Canaanite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, the Jebusite. We have looked at these seven enemies, and let me tell you, this list is not exhaustive. There are more enemies out there than just these seven, but these are the seven that the children of Israel faced when they left slavery to go possess the promised land that God had promised them. And we've looked at the breakdown of what these words mean in the Hebrew, and I'm going to go back again. Hittite was fear, a spirit of fear. Gergeshite was something that interferes with a man's ability to comprehend. The Amorite was a spirit of pride. Canaanite was a spirit of compromise. The Perizzite was a spirit of power and control. The Hivite was a spirit of depression. And the Jebusite was a spirit of Jezebel, which is witchcraft, which was um, discouragement and manipulation and domination. So are those enemies that we face today? Yes, we face those enemies today. So, I don't believe it's enough for us to just talk about what our enemies are. Now that we know our enemy or we know some of our enemies, the next step I would like us to take as a church body is to learn how to fight. God says we're supposed to go conquer them and kill them all. But if you remember from that scripture in Deuteronomy, it said that they are larger than us. They're stronger than us. There's more of them than there are of us. So if we fight them the wrong way, they're going to win. Have you ever battled somebody better than you? Maybe as a child on the playground or maybe as an adult. Hopefully not physically, but sometimes we have battles. We have battles in work. Have you ever battled your spouse? Most of the time, the stronger one wins. Somebody say amen. Yeah, you got to learn how to fight you got to learn how to fight and not kill each other. Something in marriage counseling is you got to learn how to disagree. Because you disagree doesn't mean you've got the bad marriage. No, it means you're married. <laughs> Two people coming together doesn't always see things exactly the same. If you were both exactly the same, one of you wouldn't be needed. It's the truth. 
my wife, as corny as it sounds, completes me. Her strengths so fulfill my weaknesses. And I believe that my strengths so fulfill her weaknesses. We are made for each other. But let me tell you, sometimes those worlds collide. I do not see things the same way she sees them. Nor does she see things the way I see them. I did a spreadsheet this weekend over something y'all would laugh at me. I've talked talk to you about it. Um, my vacation planning. And she said, I cannot read your spreadsheet. And I'm like, what do you mean? It's the easiest thing, most simple thing to read. I don't understand it. What do you mean? I mean, I don't understand it. Give me a piece of paper and let me rewrite it back down. And she writes these chicken scratches all over and I can't understand it. But she can live with her sheet. I can live with my beautiful thing. She's not in here, so I can just let her rip for a minute. <laughs> Kidding. To live in this world, to live in this world of evil and sin and temptation, we need all the protection we can get. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6 that we are to put on the whole, everybody say whole, not part, the whole armor of God. The spiritual warfare that we face day in and day out can wear us down and wear us out. Spiritual strength and courage are needed for our situations. And there's no putting on our armor until we have prepared and planned our warfare you know, no soldier puts on his armor after the battle. Can you imagine? Putting on your armor after the battle. That's like putting on suntan lotion after you've laid out for 10 hours. Anybody ever forgot their suntan? Sunscreen? Putting it on afterwards does not fix the damage. You've got to prepare You've got to prepare yourself when going out, when you go down to Florida, my, my daughter just took a trip this uh, spring break uh, down to Florida, and it was in the 70s. And you think, because it's cool, you're not going to burn. And what happened? They burned. <laughs> it, 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 it feels good. Laying out at 70 degrees, it feels good. But that sun is different down south than it is here, isn't it? He he hello? The Florida sun is different than the Tennessee sun. It's just different. So, let me pray, and then we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 6. Father, in Jesus' name, as we get into your word, I just ask you, Lord, for our spirits to be awakened, for our hearts to be softened, and that, Lord, as you talk about in your word about seed being spread, that we would be good soil. That, Lord, that right now we would just submit and open our hearts to your word and to your way and to your spirit. And that somehow, even if we've come in with the hardest heart, that you would soften us right now and give us the, the living word of God. That we can live on and we can stand on and we can trust. Right now, awaken us in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Ephesians. So we're going to be looking at 
the whole armor of God. That's where this series is going to take us. Ephesians chapter 6, we're going to start in verse 11. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, everybody say therefore. Therefore. Something I was taught uh, by a a minister um, that's dead now, his name is Derek Prince, said whenever you see a therefore, ask what is it there for? Don't ever start quoting a scripture with therefore. Therefore tells you to go back and read what came before it. Because what's about to come is because of what just came before it. Are you with me? It's important that we stay in context. So what is it there for? It says to put the full armor of God on because what we're facing is not flesh and blood, but it is powers. It is spiritual powers and spiritual forces of heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when, everybody say when, not if, when the day of evil comes, you, say me, say I, I will be able to stand my ground. This applies directly to you, to me. And after you have done everything, say everything. Who has done everything? After I have done everything, what's going to happen? We're going to stand. Stand firm then. Um, I think that we indirectly, or I don't know how you phrase this in English, but you can put a you before that. You stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, verse 15, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. All take the helmet of salvation and the word of the sword of the spirit. That's so funny. I just looked at the words. I said the word, the word word came out instead of sword, and it's just one letter different. Anyway, I think there's something significant there. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit, and you pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests. With this in mind, be, you be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Now, what I'm hoping is for the light to go on, for you to, you to see this. Where'd my glasses go? For you to see this differently. For our spirit, our mind, our heart to awaken. This is an equipping for you to go out and to have victory. This is victory scripture that it says we must do it all. Did you see it said, when you have done everything, to stand. That doesn't mean when you've done everything perfectly and you are, when, it, when you're perfect in doing this, no. It's just saying when you do it. When you start to walk, I believe that as we walk, I was talking to uh, a one of the band members up here about, I believe that if our heart is right and we are trying, then even in our mistakes, God will complete those mistakes and in grace and mercy help us have success. 
that even though I might do things not exactly right, not exactly God's way, but my, God knows my heart, and I know the Word, and I'm trying, God says, close enough, you will stand. Do you follow me? This isn't a you-must-be-perfect scripture. This is a you-need-to-follow-my-rules-for-fighting. If you will follow my rules, you will stand. Do you hear me? Many of us here, including me, sometimes I just don't like rules. But God says, if you want to get outside those rules, you're on your own. The enemy's bigger than you, stronger than you. If you will stay within my, let's change rules to kingdom. If you will stay within my kingdom authority and the way that I do things and lay out my instructions for you, if you will stay within that, you will stand. In the battlefield that we go into every day, we, we need all the protection that we can get. If we were to go back, what did it say? It said, for you to stand. This is a big starting point. You have to stand. Standing means you stand up. You stand up in the spirit. You stand up with your words. You stand up with your actions. You make a move. God says, I have done it all. Now it's your move. And if you move according to my word and according to my spirit, we are going to have victory. But you must stand. We cannot depend on someone else to stand for us. I do not, this is going to, I don't mean to say I don't care. It doesn't matter your situation. You stand. You stand. I, I want to phrase that to some ownership. It's your stance. It's your stand. I'm taking a stand even though all the others around me may not. Have anybody here ever tried to take a stand and you're all alone? That's what I'm talking about. We're not looking at who's behind us. We're looking at who's in front of us. When I can get focused on the Lord, I can stand. When, my focus, when I lose focus, I can't. I get to worried about what people are thinking about me. Get to worried about what they're going to say. How do I look from behind? <laughs> Not very good. I got a bald spot right here. Those of you that sit behind me can see it every week. Now, I said that it's got to be your stance. Others can help. Never are we to be isolated. We are to be a part of the body of Christ. But when it comes to the armor of God, this is an individual armor. I get armored individually. I want you to know that once, once you relax, once you let, let your guard down, you are fair game. You cannot let your guard down. How many of you know that if for a boxer, if they ever put their, their hands down, they're dead? If they get tired, if they get weak, once those hands drop, 
there's nothing to stop the blow from hitting him. Don't let your guard down. But I want you to know it is in the battles. It is the battles where the victories happen. Do you hear me? There's no victory if there's no battle. Part of our life are battles. And God has set this thing up to test us, to show that we can show the Lord that we are His servant, that we are following Him, but it's also for us to be able to have the reward of victory. I love victory. I hate to lose, even to my own children. I hate to lose. God didn't make me to be a loser. Anybody read your Bible? We're winners. I I love to win. I love to win. I love to win God's way. I love to win and know that I have done the right thing and that God has came through for me and that it was not in my power. That's one of the greatest victories is to see God move because you have been obedient and you are walking with Him. And all of a sudden, waters part, and I knew there was no way I was going to make it, but God came through. That's the greatest victory. You think it's the ones that you've carried the whole weight? It's not. It's when you can't carry it and God kicks in. The enemy is spiritual. The enemy is spiritual. You must battle spiritually. Do you hear me? You can't just be a Sunday morning only, just come to church and sit in the pew and think that your problems are going to go away. They're not. In fact, you'll wind up with problems in church. <laughs> Thanks. It's the truth. You must battle spiritually, which means you've got to equip yourself spiritually. If you don't, these forces are bigger than you. And do you know what we're not fighting? We're not fighting people. Yeah, but you don't know my spouse. <laughs> You don't know my boss. You've got to change your thinking. You've got to change your thinking. If you will change your thinking, you will see things differently. You will begin to see these people as God sees them. And they're not the enemy. But you will begin to see the enemy. And the enemy's not that person. And when you stop fighting the person and start fighting the enemy, we're going to start having some breakthrough. Married couples, when you stop fighting each other and start fighting the enemy, we're going to start having some victory. The problem is we're too, we're too good at fighting at flesh. And it's not just demons. What did it say? It says that they are rulers and authorities and powers. These are formidable opponents. Don't think for a second that our opponent is weak. They're not. 
Don't think for a second that our opponent is dumb. They're not. They're smarter, stronger, bigger, and there's more of them. Now, when it comes to, to, to uh, strategy on the battlefield, all those factors don't compute to victory. That's why without God, nothing is possible. But with God, all things are possible. That's why an army of 300 could show up against hundreds of thousands and win. It's not based on the numbers. It's based on who's in the camp. It's not based on how big and strong and mighty you are. It's based on how big and strong and mighty is in you. Do you hear me? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Nothing I face, as long as I've got the Spirit of God in me and I'm following it, I'm being led by it, nothing I face can take me. But if that's not what's leading me, everything will take me. Not just demons. It is a formidable opponent. So, therefore, therefore, because of what we face, therefore, we must put on the whole armor of God. Everybody say whole. We can't just be good at one piece. We must be equipped with it all. Why? Because one piece missing is disastrous. If all we have is the sword, then we have nothing for defense. If all we have is the shield, then we have nothing for offense. If all we have are the shoes, then we're not protected up here on our head and our belt and our chest. Do you follow me? It can't, it, this is not a buffet line. You guys like buffets? My wife hates buffets. Because everybody can stick their hands in it. And where have those hands been? Yeah, but they got the little shield. Pfft. It's not a buffet. We cannot pick and choose the scriptures we like and hang on to those and discard the others. It's the whole. I'm going to finish. I'm just going to close right here with this one. But... Um, I have, I have been, uh, I still haven't paid, so I'm afraid to even tell y'all. I have been training for a full marathon, uh, the rock and roll marathon in, in uh, Nashville at the end of April. Yeah, thank you. And I've been running and running and running. And uh, I ran Friday, and I ran 16 miles. My story's not over yet. And I will tell you that in the preparing, my knees, my muscles, my um, strength, my stamina, my fitness have all come along. You know, I'm not sucking wind. I, you know, your mind wants to talk you out of, talk you into quitting all the time. And I have to all the time check my body and kind of do a body check to say, my mind's telling me to stop, but I feel okay. It's a weird thing that starts happening in your mind. I don't know if you know this, but our battlefield is in the mind. And so many times our mind will talk us 
into failure when victory is right in front of us. So I'm, I'm checking my body and I'm running and at, my, at about, about mile 14, I started to feel something different that I had never felt. I felt it last year. I went through this last year. And it's not chest pain. It was like my fitness. It's like I was sucking wind again. And I'm like, I know I'm not hurting for fitness. I, I know my fitness is up, but something feels wrong. And I knew what it was because had, I had this happen to me last year. And I was dehydrated. And dehydration is not what I would have thought dehydration was, or I'm just dying for a glass of water. No, I didn't want to eat. I couldn't hardly think. My whole body was wanting to stop. And so that night, I, Elizabeth and I went to a party, and I met, I got to talk to a, a young um, sports nutritionalist, PhD. Is he PhD? Okay, he's not a PhD. Well, a sports nutrition, nutritionalist that teaches in nutrition and also helps with Tennessee Tech uh, athletics. And he started telling me that for every minute I run, I need one gram of carb. One gram of carbs for every minute that I run. Well, I ran 160 minutes. I ran two hours and 40 minutes. I'm telling you, it is grueling. It's just, you kill me. Somebody, kill, you know, just kill me now and pick me up somewhere on the road. So, I, but I ate these gummies. Um, I'd learned to kind of overcome walls that your body comes into is to try to eat a little bit of sugar and, you know, fuel yourself back up. Well, I had these little packs of gummies and I ate one and a half packs and one pack computed to 21 carbs. So I ate 30 carbs on a 160 minute run and I had 16 ounces of water and I was running on the trails, these new trails that went by the country club. And I went to that water source over by hole number three and both of them, the the water fountain didn't work and they didn't put the bucket out. So I'm dying. I'm like, I can't get water. And I started to realize that I was not fully equipped. But I'd done everything. I was healthy. I, I can run. I can run and run and run and run and run. And the Lord says, this is what happens. Is we get good at a couple pieces here. But then we get out here on the battlefield and they, the enemy finds the hole and goes and pounds that hole. Next thing you know, all my guard's down. I'm ready to just lay down and die, literally. I got to the shower thinking nobody's going to know I died in the shower. <laughs> I am not kidding. I was hunkered over and just thinking, I've got to get something to eat. I know what's wrong with me, but I don't want to eat. Your whole body is trying to fight it. The enemy is trying to kill you and keep you from doing what you need to do. But I knew what I needed to do, and I couldn't do it. Did you ever hear Paul say, I know what's right to do, but I just don't do it? The Apostle Paul. This is a real battlefield. That if you do not fight this the right way, you are not going to reach the finish line. You're going to stay stuck back here in, in a pit of hell and just live there. And that is not where we're called to live. It's time to get equipped with the whole armor of God. Everybody say the whole. This is where we're going. This is where we're going is to equip you. It is God's desire to equip you with the whole armor so that no enemy can penetrate. Not one. As long as we don't let our guard down, as long as we take our stand, 
Therefore, stay equipped with the whole armor of God. We will. It said, what did it say? I want to go back. It said that uh, you can extinguish all the arrows of the evil one. All. The attack that the enemy has for us, we can extinguish them all. Somebody get excited. We are going toward victory. Amen? All right, stand up with me. I want to pray over you. As we bow our heads, the one thing I want you to get is this is up to you. God has done His part. You have received Him as Lord and Savior. If you haven't, I want you to come up here when the service is over and we want to pray with you. It's time. Don't wait. It's time to confess out of your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord of your life. If you've already made that decision, now it's time to get equipped with the whole armor of God. This is you. You stand. You be equipped with the whole armor of God. Father, in Jesus' name, let us take responsibility and let us stand. Let us begin. Let us run that first quarter mile. Let us get off the couch and start moving. Lord, let us start moving spiritually so that when the, e- when the evil day shows up, we will stand. Not if the day shows up, when. I thank you, Lord, that we will live by your word, we will live by your spirit, we will live by your body. And Lord, it is my desire, I believe it's this church's desire to be transformed into your image and to be fully equipped with your armor. I just ask you, Lord, to just bless this church. Lord, bless these people. I just ask for victories this week as we start. That the enemy just tuck tails and runs. And that, Lord, that we just, we just walk in victory. Thank you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you.